This is Spin Control, a Fibercraft podcast by a joyful girl. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Spin Control, episode 139, Commitment Issues. In this episode, I've got some knitting, some spinning, a little spinning book recap, a tale for you about my commitment issues. But of course, we will kick this episode off with some updates. As far as updates go, everything on the homestead is relatively normal and easy and cool and wonderful. And the boy is still recovering, but doing well post-op. He had a little setback about a week ago where he had, I don't know what he did, but he ended up having like an inordinate amount of pain and he stayed home for the day and we kind of just lounged all of last weekend in the house, which I don't mind, of course. I was here to help him and, you know, I got some crafting done and watched some awful television, (laughs) you know, that's which which I'm always up for, no matter the circumstances. So that was pretty cool. And he's doing much, much better. And of course, I'm super happy that he is doing better. And the craft room. The craft room is clean. I have gone through and inventoried all of my stash. That includes yarn and fiber. Everything that was not on my Ravelry page is now on my Ravelry page and put away on bookshelves. But when I first started, it was a little bit overwhelming because I looked at like the way I had my shelving organized and went, okay, I've got these four cubes dedicated to fingering weight yarn, but there's no room for any more fingering weight yarn. (laughs) So very reluctantly, I went through all the shelves, reorganized a bit, and actually tagged some yarn that must go like... There's some stuff I've had in my stash for like 15 or 16 years that I'm never going to use. There's some stuff I've had in my stash for 15 or 16 years that I intend to use. But some of it, I'm just like, what was I thinking when I bought this? Like, yeah, you're saving money on a clearance sale, but you're just throwing it away if you're never going to use what you buy, right? I've actually curbed that habit quite a bit as I uh, grow a little older and wiser, but I have a plastic bin now full of yarn that needs to be rehomed. And so I'm debating, like, how quickly do I rehome this? It's in a bin. It's out of my actual stash. I removed it from my Ravelry. But so the debate is, do I just take it to a charitable thrift store and donate it? Or do I see if any of my knit girls want to dig through it first? And I feel like that is a bit of a waste of time. It's not bad yarn at all. It's just stuff I know I'm not going to use. And in addition to that, I know plenty of my knit girls have also been de-stashing and, you know, trying to rehome yarn. So I doubt they want to bring any of my my rejects into their stash if they've just cleaned theirs out. So I think it's going to end up at charity. I have a lot of other stuff besides yarn to donate to charity. For example, last month we had our bedrooms in in our home and a stairway recarpeted. So when I had to clean out the master bedroom to get all the furniture out, I went through all my stuff and I identified clothes that I was also never, ever, ever going to wear again. So I've got a lot of household items 
and clothing and now yarn to donate to charity. So I think that's where it's going to end up here in the next couple of weeks. And I'm not sad about that because, you know, I actually came to terms with reality and was able to admit that I'm not going to use that. But the craft room's clean. All that yarn is now put away where it belongs. And yeah, I think the only thing left, which I don't consider cleaning the craft room, it's just kind of the declutter, is I need to go through some of my storage drawers and go, what is this yarn tool? Will I ever use it? I haven't used it since I bought it. And see if any of that stuff also needs to go to charity. And the center of last week's episode was the lost items. So what have I found? My circular needles. So I mentioned I had size 5 through 10 16 inch circular needles that I use for knitting hats and sleeves. I like them a lot, but for some reason I couldn't find like three pair of them. I did not put them back where they belonged. I was not locating them in the bags I thought they were in, but I did. I found them all. I have all of my DPNs. I also have like a complete set from size four to size 13, eight inch double pointed needles. I use those as well for hats and sleeves. And I couldn't find like two sets of those, but those needle sets are now complete, all put away. And I'm very pleased with myself, but that book is gone again. Maybe when I dig through those drawers and do a complete kind of uh, deculling of those drawers, maybe I'll find it in one of the drawers, but I legitimately believe that it was lost in transit. So I actually think that I purchased it last year again at Maryland Sheep and Wool and someplace between Maryland and Colorado, it got lost again. So yeah, I have no clue where the book is. And that was the Field Guide to Fleece. And I love that little book and I wish I had it, but I have no clue what happened to it or where it went. So I envisioned myself repurchasing that book, most likely again at Maryland Sheep and Wool if I can find it. Ah. I can't believe I lost it again, again. Like it makes me feel like I need to put like a little GPS locator or air tag in the book so that if this happens again in the future, I'll actually be able to find the next copy of it. Ridiculous. It's a great little book and I just cannot find it. And it's little. So I've looked on all of our regular bookshelves where we keep normal books, my craft room bookshelves where I keep all my crafting books and Actually, I think the only place that I have not looked that I need to look is in the suitcase I used last year for Maryland Cheap and Wool. That may be where it is. So we'll have to see. But every place else that it could possibly be, it is not. And I'm a tad upset about it because I didn't find it. I didn't find any other random household things either. Like that orange quilt, no clue where that is. Still completely gone. But I will maintain my little list in my phone of all the things that are lost and check them off when I find them. And usually I discover they're lost when I go to look for them because I want them, but, and I can't find them. So, so yeah, that's where we are with that. It looks like that's all I've got going on in updates. So I guess it's time to get this podcast started. In this edition of Spin a Tale, I'm going to talk to you about my commitment issues. All right. It's my fear of commitment, really, and how that has led to delays in processing the Gotland fleece. So I think this is kind of 
a character trait? I don't know. It's something ingrained in me where I get this fear that I'm going to mess things up or become overwhelmed or ruin the product. So I fail to commit to it. Even though for the most part, there's really no founded reason why I would like really legitimately believe that I'm going to screw up an entire fleece. It could happen. I didn't screw it up in washing. I feel like I'm not going to screw it up in processing, but I just keep finding myself overwhelmed by the idea of combing all of that fleece and then spinning all of that fleece and ending up with unusable yarn. It's a pretty simple thing. I feel mentally and physically equipped to be able to actually do it. I don't know. I'm just afraid of committing to this fleece and I don't know why. So I guess really I'm going to have to come up with a strategy to get over this fear because I certainly do not want the Gotland fleece to languish the same way the dreaded fleece did because that bad boy took me 11 years from start to finish to end up with yarn. And I can't do that to myself again. So I will find a way. I will overcome my fear of commitment. And darn it, I'm going to make three pounds and 13 ounces of yarn out of that fleece. And now it's on to spinning my wheels. And I've been busy and I feel pretty productive and very pleased with myself. So last time I recorded, the Brickyard Swancho was down in the basement, all stretched out on the blocking boards. And I was a little concerned that the sleeves were going to end up too long once it was all blocked out. But my fears subsided because it actually fit perfectly. I really, really like that sweater. It is a wonderful fit. The directions were great. That was an Erica Flory pattern. And I just took some pictures today and I'll be putting those in my Ravelry. And I posted a photo to the Instagram. If you care to go over there and see that one. I really enjoyed it. I knit that out of Cloudborn Superwash Highland Worsted Weight. And I can't really wear it without a t-shirt underneath it. Because right up next to my collarbone, it gets a little scritchy. On my arms, it's fine. My body, it's fine. Neck, fine. But right on the front, my upper chest near my collarbone, it gets a little scratchy. And other than that, though, it's great. And that's just, it's if you're sensitive to scritchy wool, it would probably drive you insane. That's the only time I've had an issue with it. And it's really just in that one spot. And if I wear an undershirt, it doesn't bother me at all. Like it doesn't bother my arms, but like that most sensitive skin at the upper part of my chest gets a little itchy, but I found how I can combat that. So it's great. And I love that sweater and I'm very pleased with it. And I'm making progress on the oatmeal cardigan. That one's by Amy King. I finished both the sleeves and probably sometime this evening, I'll be casting on for the body. So that's great. It's working out really well. The instructions are pretty clear so far. <laughs> I just did the sleeves. So two 18 inch sleeves. That's what I finished. And yeah, it's knitting up really nicely in the dreaded fleece yarn. 
and I'm really enjoying knitting that out of hand spun. It's a lot of fun and I have a ton of that, like 2,500 yards. So I should have no issues finishing that in a timely manner. I'm a little excited and nervous because I've never actually knit a sweater with a button band. So this will be my first experience with that. Yeah, so I'm branching out a bit and it's kind of cool. Pretty proud of myself. And yeah, that's coming along nicely. All right, so I need to talk about those socks. They were plain Jane socks that turned into socks that have a little patterning on them. The problem I'm having with those and why those have stalled is because I can't see. I typically don't wear glasses outside of the office. I wear readers like with like a blue blocker filter on them when I'm at my desk on my computer, but I don't like take them with me. And unfortunately, as my eyes age, I may actually have to start taking them with me. I also need to go back to the eye doctor and probably get my prescription updated because yeah, and I'm just not enjoying knitting socks with a light fingering weight yarn. I prefer like a fingering weight yarn a maybe one size up needle. So it's like a lot slower than what I would like. And it's mildly annoying. So they've stunted a little bit. So it's got like the lighting in the room has to be great. I've got to have my glasses on and have like no distractions to work on those. And that is not what I want from a simple travel project. The sleeves were great because they're small and I was able to like take them with me. You know, we went to hang out with friends or went out to a restaurant or whatever. That is what has been my travel project for the last few weeks is the oatmeal cardigan. And we'll see if that sustains once I am working on the body. And I'll keep you posted on that. In spinning, let me tell you what I've been doing. I have been actually trying a few strategies to help me overcome that fear of commitment that I was talking about. Okay, here's what I'm doing. One, sampling. I typically don't sample. I haven't swatched yet, but I'm sampling. And I did another three sets of 10 grams where I tried carded long draw and that was a disaster. That fiber is just absolutely 100% way too long. The, like the staple length is way too long to do that way. And I didn't enjoy it. I didn't like the final product, but I did two additional sets of combed samples with a short forward draft again. At like an average of a seven inch staple, short forward draft takes on a whole new meaning at that length because typically the draft, like the draw is about half the staple length. So my short forward draft, which, you know, typically is an inchworm. If you're working on a short staple fiber, it's like an inch at a time. This is three and a half inches at a time and I'm totally not used to it. And I think I have to focus on spinning as much as I had to focus when I was first learning. So it's like this really strange feeling to be working on this, but I'm concentrating and I'm focused and I'm like, okay, three and a half inches, three and a half inches. It's just so much focus. It's really strange to go back to one, a drafting method I don't typically use and two, to work it on such a long staple length that I haven't ever worked with in the past. So what I'm doing in addition to get myself back in tune with a short forward draft is I am stripping down and pre-drafting some random bats that I had in my stash that me and some friends made at a retreat. 
And I'm using that to get my hands and my mind used to the idea of doing a short forward draft again. And it's actually quite enjoyable because I have no goals for the fiber. It's just one of those sit down and spin for the sake of sitting down and spinning. I'm really enjoying it. It's super relaxing. And I'm actually using this stuff that's just kind of been chilling in my stash forever, right? Just got done calling the stash, including all my fiber and thought to myself, why not? Let's use this stuff to get my mindset right. One, it serves a purpose and it gets it out of my stash as fiber. And I'll turn it into yarn that I can do something with. Don't know what. So that's one of the things I'm trying to get past with my year of spinning with intent is not just spin with no goals. Now, spinning with no goals is very relaxing and I do thoroughly enjoy it, but I'm trying not to spend all of my time just spinning for the sake of spinning. So the Gotland is my target to spin for a sweater and knit a sweater this year. And I also plan to spin for socks and knit socks this year out of hand spun. But I think in order to keep myself from going crazy, I'm definitely, definitely going to have to have some time set aside just for spinning for the sake of spinning. Using my wheels that don't get a lot of attention and, you know, just using some of that fiber that's kind of chilling in the stash that's never going to have a goal. Like these bats, the goal of these bats was just to try a drum carter, make some bats out of like random fiber leftovers that people had brought with them and to experiment. And if I don't spin it into yarn, it's never going to be anything else but a bath that sits in my stash for even longer and becomes compressed and unusable. But I am enjoying that. That's actually what I was sitting here doing as I record. I just finished stripping a bat and I was pre-drafting it as I recorded. It's so funny. So one of the bats that I spun like two days ago, my friend gave it to me. She made it, but she's like, here, have this. I will never spin it. And she called it Vampire Unicorns. So it's most of, mostly black, red, and this bright teal, but it's got like some sparkle in it. So it was just really cute. The Vampire Unicorn bat is going to be Vampire Unicorn yarn soon, and we'll have to see what we do. It turned out a lot softer than I thought it was going to because, you know, they were just messy, messy bats that we made for fun. And there was some serious... uh vm left over in the bat that shouldn't have been there just trying to pick that out as i went but it was a lot of fun and i enjoyed just spinning for the sake of spinning and now i am going to do a little recap and put my spin on my latest spinning book read so if you haven't figured it out part of my year of spinning with intent is to literally read everything about spinning I can get my hands on. And I have a substantial library of spinning books, and I must admit, I hadn't read them all before. So my latest read was The Intentional Spinner by Judith McKenzie McEwen. It was published in 2009 by Interweave Press. I do not know if it is still in print, because I know that Interweave has kind of been a little debunked. But... It was a great book. So I started reading it and so much of the book is more than I ever thought I would want to know about fiber types and their origins. And she runs through like so much background information on fiber content that my mind was absolutely blown away. Literally the first four chapters are on 
the nature of fibers. She goes through cellulose, protein manufactured, and she talks about the science of fibers. And then she spends like the second half of the book on spinning techniques. The normal stuff, but her approach is definitely different than the previous authors I'd read. And I really enjoyed her style. And this book has got such a plethora of information in it that I 100% absolutely recommend this book. If you haven't read it, read it. If you have, I suggest you read it again. I just, at first I was like, oh, we're going to read about fibers. But then my mind was completely blown. She wrote about so many different groups and subgroups of fibers that I was just absolutely taken aback by all the stuff I didn't know about the nature of fibers. It was just a wonderful read. I enjoyed her style. And she definitely had some interesting things to say. And I have like these little sticky notes sticking out of the book, like go back and read this chat, like read this paragraph. Yeah, I've got like three or four of those sticking out of the book, like things that just sparked in me and brought me great joy as I was reading them. So again, that's The Intentional Spinner, A Holistic Approach to Making Yarn by Judith Mackenzie McEwen. I definitely 100% recommend this book and I may have to read it again in the, here in the near future. Well, it looks like it is time to spin off this episode of Spin Control. Thank you all for joining me. If you're new, welcome. And to my returning listeners, welcome back. I really appreciate your continued support. And it looks like we're in this for the long haul. So in the weeks to come, I've got some big plans. The boy has recovered enough to attend a conference that he's been trying to attend for like the last five years. He leaves this coming Friday and he will be gone through Wednesday. That means that all of that time when I'm not like working is my time. So what I need to do between now and the time he leaves is actually build a plan for all the things that I want to accomplish while he's out of town so I can actually get it done. And I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm going to lead us out with a song, one of my favorite songs by one of my favorite bands. It is Release by Pearl Jam. As always, you can get the details about this episode and all the past episodes at spincontrolpodcast.com. You can email me at shiloh at foreverhandmade.com and catch me on Ravelry and Instagram as Forever Handmade. Thanks again, guys. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>